Love on the Run Week on the Alley on the Run Show is brought to you by Generation You Can. Go to generationyoucan.com and use code on the run for 20% off your order and free shipping. Welcome to Love on the Run Week on the Alley on the Run Show. I'm your host, Allie Feller, and I have so enjoyed spending the last three days here talking with couples about their courtships, relationships, support systems, and uh, competitive spirits on the run. First, we heard from Aisha Pratt and Will Lear, for whom game night is hardly a relaxing night in. Then we caught up with Des and Ryan Linden, who reminisced about Des's big win at the 2018 Boston Marathon and how they support each other both on and off the race course. Then yesterday, we heard from Steph and Ben Bruce, who talked about how their roles have shifted as professional athletes, including both before and since having their two sons, Riley and Hudson. Today, it's Gwen and Pat's turn. Gwen Jorgensen won gold at the 2016 Olympics in the triathlon and then decided to shift focus and ditch the bike and swim in order to pursue her marathon dreams. Most recently, she said she's taking a break from the marathon and plans to compete at the 2020 Olympic track and field trials in Eugene this summer. She's ready to see what she's made of in the 5K and the 10K. And her husband, Pat Lemieux, is her number one fan and greatest supporter, like professionally. When they met, Pat was a professional cyclist, but when things started to get serious, both in their relationship and in her career, he decided to step back from cycling to basically be Gwen's right-hand man. They talk about exactly what that looked like then, which involved a lot of time taking care of all her bike gear, and share what it looks like today with their son Stanley added to the picture. Their situation is rare, and I loved hearing about it. So, let's hear about it. Gwen and Pat, welcome to the Alley on the Run show. Thank you both so much for being here. Thanks for having us. All right, so on the Alley on the Run show, we start things off with a warm-up. It's nice and easy. We're going to assume that everyone already knows who you both are. You are household names around this industry. So let's do the warm up a little differently. Why don't you just get right into it and tell us how you both met? We know that it was not on the run. It was on the ride. But let's talk about how you met. And was it love at first sight for either or both of you? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was doing a group bike ride. And I did it every Wednesday. It was like a 4.30 p.m. bike ride. um, And Pat, you just happened to be in town, right? I was passing through Milwaukee and uh, and you, you just know, knew about the ride. Joined the group ride and how did you know about the ride? One of my friends was from town, and so he said, "Well, you're going to do the you know the Wednesday night group ride or whatever whatever night it was." It so was Wednesday. That's how we ended up on that, and um, we had a mutual friend on on the ride, Tom Schuler, who had actually been helping me learn to ride a bike, and he knew Pat and knew he was a professional cyclist, and he just said, "Pat, can you help?" look out for Gwen on this ride. Tom probably wanted a break from having to pull me back all the times I got dropped. So <laughs> Pat kind of looked after me and at the end of the ride asked me to dinner. And I would say I was very hesitant. <laughs> Why? But I did it. I not call it love at first sight. Unfortunately. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not that, it's not that storybook. Um, yeah, I think I was hesitant. I mean, I didn't know him. I'd never met him before. And I had work the next morning and um, even to this day, I have the same personality of, you know, I just want to go home, go to bed. And um, so it had to be somebody pretty special to get me to go out at night. And 
I eventually, he kind of took it away from me. He said, no, well, we don't have to go out. And then I wanted to go out. So <laughs> and I think I, I remember that first date. I was super impressed because he did the parallel parking on the first try. And now every time he misses, I'm like, how come you could do it that one time on our first date? Because he did really it when it counts. <laughs> That's right. Yep. And I want to say I was reading an article and I believe that, Pat, you also had a move where you were getting her number while you were on the bike and you just sat up, no hands on the handlebars and like did the number exchange. Is that true? I guess that's probably the coolest bike trick that I have. (laughs) You know, I can ride and text or, you know, input numbers at the same time. So uh, that was something that was impressive to Gwen, I guess. It was very impressive. I could not ride no hands at that time in my career. So it was very impressive and also a little scary. (laughs) All right. So you go on the first date, Pat parallel parks, like a boss. Tell me about the first date. (laughs) We went, uh, to a place called the the Hollander. Isn't that what it was? Got a burger. Um, I, I actually ordered first and I ordered fries and then Pat ordered and had a burger and salad. And I remember I changed my order, (laughs) which is a little interesting. Yep. Yep. So we had a, yeah, we had, I don't know, just a dinner. And then I think we went to coffee afterwards. And, you know, I, I think Gwen was done with me at that point. <laughs> I, I didn't get any messages back. And she was pretty, she was playing it pretty slow. So, you well, know. I didn't even remember his name. He was in my phone as Pat Bike Racer, Minnesota. Or not Pat Bike Racer, it was Bike Racer, Minnesota. Yeah. So. So. I was back in town a week later, and I think I checked back in with Gwen, and then... Uh, you made plans, then, and I actually canceled on you. Yeah. Then I could say, you know... Then it kind of progressed quickly. Then the, then the rest is yeah. history. So was there something... Gwen, what, what like won you over and got you to say, okay, I won't be so hard to get here. We can date. I think it was more just Pat. He like didn't pursue me too hard. I mean, he it, maybe like these stories might have sounded like it, but um, it I don't I don't know how would you describe that Pat? Like he wasn't like super over the top, and we weren't like dating right away at the beginning. Um, you know, we were just well, we were dating, but we just weren't like exclusive. I mean, we were living in different cities was a reality too, so it wasn't like we we couldn't really be together every single day or every single night because. There was just a geography issue of, you know, 300 miles between St. Paul and, and Milwaukee. So um, th- there was I, – I, I don't know. I wouldn't recommend that for everybody, but I guess for <laughs> us it, it just kept us interested, I guess. Yeah, and I remember he, like, kept coming back to Milwaukee and he stayed at my place actually when I was gone. Um and I remember I like stocked the fridge for him with everything that he liked. Somehow I knew he liked cheese and – food and yeah that's so sweet will you come do that to my house will you come stock my fridge i like cheese oh pat's probably saying this right now wishing i would do it years later (laughs) (laughs) all right where was the first kiss when was it who initiated it yeah in front of gwen's apartment uh i dropped her off yes i needed to make it i think it was our second date and i just i needed to make it very clear that i didn't want any more friends who said I love yeah, you first? Like, me. But I, I definitely wanted to say it first and yeah. he knew and he just, the, yeah, the kiss thing. I remember I was like getting out of the car and he like pulled me back and kissed me. And then the I love you was actually, um, in a Costco and we were just shopping. We were, I was pushing the cart and he was behind me and he just goes, you know, I love you. Right. And I just, I just said, what, huh? 
Like, I didn't know what I heard. It was just like totally out of the blue. Like nothing lovey had happened right before that. We were just doing our weekly shopping and yeah. I think that's really sweet. And what about the proposal? When was that? How did it happen? Uh, yeah, the proposal happened uh, out on a bike ride in Minnesota in the snow. I'd had the engagement ring for a really long time. Uh, I'd actually, Gwen and I were living in Europe, and I'd flown back to Minnesota for a wedding. And then I went and had the ring custom made by this woman. And I just remember I said to her, I, I gave her a deposit, and I said, <laughs> you're not going to take my email, my phone number, Nothing. I just said, here's a deposit. I will come back <laughs> in a couple months. And she just was like, okay. And then, you know, I just randomly showed up again a couple months later, picked up the ring, held it at home for a while, uh, asked Gwen's dad. And then finally, it just, you know, asked her out on a bike ride. And yeah, I mean, the there- same way we, you know, kind of the same way we met, but it was, you know. The the ring thing. I mean, the reason he couldn't tell her any information is because and people I don't know what people will think of this, but like I have access to everything of Pat. So like Pat's phone, you know, I know is key code. And so if I, I was I was completely shocked, which I think is always a good goal um, for somebody who's proposing. And I remember he stopped me and he said, oh, look how pretty it is. It was the first snowfall. We were riding our mountain bikes in the yeah, snow yeah. and. I remember looking around and thinking, it's not pretty at all. You can't see anything. Like, the snow's coming down. Um, and he's like, you know, I'll love you forever. And I just got livid. I was like, you can't say that if you don't mean it. And he's like, said, well, what if I do this? And got down on one knee. And yeah, Aww. it was a pretty good day. Really good day. Really good day. Yeah. So obviously in my head, I'm thinking, you know, they met on a bike ride poses on a bike ride. We see that this is obviously a huge part of your lives. It's your careers. How important was it to each of you to date, eventually marry, start a life with a fellow athlete? I wouldn't say I I was looking for an athlete, but like I definitely always want, I knew that I wanted somebody who was active, Um, you know, a family who likes to go outside and explore. And I think, you know, that we have a lot of the same values. Like we're enrolling our son in an outdoor school, um, you know, where they just go outside and play. And that's something that's very important to both of us. And I think it just, yeah, it clicked, don't you think? Because we had a lot of similarities. And Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's nice to share a hobby. You know, cycling's always been a hobby of mine and it's nice that I can share that with Gwen. Doesn't mean I love to do every single bike ride with my wife, but I love that, you know. Unfortunately. <laughs> but, you know, I know this summer, Gwen and I got to ride a bunch on a, you know, kind of like a little work vacation that she was on. And that was that was our first time riding a bunch together again since kind of like post-triathlon. So I, re- I really enjoyed that. Where was that? In Bend. When we oh, did like yeah. a bunch of road oh, yeah. rides together. Yeah. So I thought that was really fun and just something that we that we both got to revisit that we hadn't done together for for a while so yeah pat i like that you're like it was this really special time that i remember fondly and gwen you're like where when what was that trip (laughs) Uh, well all i could think of was we did in europe but yeah (laughs) who's more competitive gwen yeah i mean i I don't want to say anything rude, so I'm just going to say me. (laughs) (laughs) 
And is it a kind of healthy competition or is it a competition that's like a point of contention in the relationship or friendly contention? No, it's a friendly contention. But I I think, you know, I think of one thing that we're not like competitive with, but I would say like cooking, you know, I'm just I I get a little bit more competitive about that. I'm just better at it than you. Because you do it every day. If I did it every day. Of course, of course. But but yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, we we're actually staying at an Airbnb right now and they have this um, oh gosh, yeah. this basketball hoop downstairs and I just want to play Pat like every <laughs> night and I just I have to win. I get upset if I don't. Yeah. But it never it never I don't think it's affects never... our re- relationship negatively. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I want to talk about what you just mentioned. You kind of made a joke, but you said you're you cook every day, which is true. Pat, I feel like you kind of. I don't know if you pioneered it, but let's say you did. I feel like you've been really vocal in this kind of movement as the ultimate pro athlete partner, boyfriend at first, husband now. It was in 2013. You traded in. You're a professional cyclist yourself. You kind of traded in your career to support Gwen in hers as a professional triathlete now turned marathoner, track star, all kinds of amazing things. Where were you each in your careers and your relationship when this conversation first happened? Do you remember? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a, I, I guess, you know, a quote unquote professional cyclist, but at a much, much lower level and not on the world stage like Gwen was. And, you know, I was, I had enough self-awareness and could self-reflect that I could just, I saw the trajectory that Gwen had and, you know, I was essentially at the my peak, which was much lower than Gwen's. So, um, I made a decision that, you know, I could support her and I understood the rigors of being an athlete that I could support her in a way that would be better for the two of us. So it wasn't really a tough decision, but it was pretty early on in our relationship. Uh, yeah, it was very early on. In we our probably had only been dating a couple months when you decided to move abroad and help me. Right. Uh, you're better at timelines. Yeah, I mean, we had not we 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 had hadn't we hadn't been living together very long. We had dealt with, you know, Gwen was really depressed for, I don't know, two or three weeks post London Olympics, and so I'd kind of seen that part of her. But then we had had, um, you know, the she had some success after the London Olympics, and and so we'd been together for a bit and. I just saw that as a very easy decision in my head, even though, yeah, we, we hadn't been living together for much more than five or six months. But I think it was a shock to like both our parents and stuff. I mean, maybe more of a shock on your end. Um, <laughs> none, of, you know, none of my friends said, Pat, I think you're making the wrong decision. <laughs> like everybody was like, yes, uh, that's a no brainer. Go do that. Like support Gwen. Like that was that was a very, very I was supported you know, by all of my close friends on that. Um, so, so that, that made it much, much easier on my end. And I, and I don't think Gwen was aware of those conversations. So yeah, it didn't take any convincing on my end. So Gwen, did you ever worry? Cause obviously that decision, it adds a ton of support that would be so hugely beneficial, but were you ever worried that about what he was giving up and that all this was now riding on you? Yeah, I think there was a few times when I, um, you know, when when he initially said he was going to come abroad with me, he was also going to continue to try to do professional cycling. And my biggest worry then was how we're going to pay for this all. I was very early in my career um, and 
Pat wasn't exactly making a ton doing professionally <laughs> professional cycling. I think that was kind of my biggest worry. And I remember, um, you know, we've probably gotten our most fights that first year just because I was so obsessive about <laughs> Pat spending money on things like coffee. And like, I'm like, I don't have any money. And, yeah. um, but I think, you know, making, I think what you're alluding to is, um, about halfway through that year after he moved, he came back and said, I'm going to quit cycling. I'm going to full-time support you. And that, um, that was really scary for me. And I, um, you know, I said, I don't, I said, I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to then, you know, um, come back later and, and hold something against me because you actually wanted to continue cycling. And so that was very nervous and he just wouldn't take no for an answer. Cause he knew I, I mean, I, I definitely wanted him to do it. I just didn't want him to regret that decision. All right. So at first, what did that arrangement look like? Was there a sit down moment of, okay, I'm Gwen and it is my job to train and you're Pat and it is your job to do X, Y, Z. What did it look like? And did you uh, sit down and make spreadsheets for it or just roll with it? Uh, we just kind of went with it. I mean, the big, like the big component with Gwen with when she was doing triathlon, right. Was I knew all the stuff around the bike and the bike is the most time consuming from a maintenance and uh, you know, just packing the bike and doing all that kind of stuff and understanding cleaning it cleaning it and doing laundry and like so all that stuff was came really natural to me because i had been doing it my whole life so i just assumed that role and then you know just the grocery shopping and i like i said i just it wasn't really a hard thing for me because i knew what it looked like to take care of an athlete and i knew what i would have wanted so i just started doing that for gwen and you know she was had time and space to focus on her craft and, and do what she needed to do. So I, we had a very unspoken uh, I, agreement around. There were no spreadsheets. Ch- chores or whatever, <laughs> you know, it was just like we were in this, we were in this together. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't more planned out than that. And Gwen, when would you say that it started making a difference in your training and competing? I mean, I think it made a difference even before he stopped professional cycling. Um, and I always said that the most important thing for me was just having his emotional support. So like when you're an athlete, you are so tired on a daily basis that little things can become big problems that shouldn't become big problems. Um, and because I had Pat there, that emotional support just lifted so much stress off of me and just allowed me to focus on the training. And, um, you know, obviously then getting in food right away, like, you know, I'd, um, come home from workouts and a beautiful, healthy, exactly what I need lunch is on the table. when all my teammates have to then, you know, go shopping and then cook and sometimes then make poor decisions. You know, I think it was an immediate effect. That's so cool. And I'm curious, too, because you mentioned in passing the post-London Olympics period. So after London, Gwen, when you were going through this period of feeling down, Pat, what did you do during that time to support her? <laughs> I, don't even I don't think I did really anything because it just was... Just let me lay in bed. I just like, go and do it, a mope or do whatever. And I didn't really... If I'm thinking about it now, I didn't really understand what was going on, you know, and I didn't really understand kind of like a post Olympic 
depression and what that looked like. I wasn't prepared for Gwen to be dealing with that. So I wasn't really equipped for that. I think it just, you know, it showed Pat though, like, you know, my worst side and, um, what, what I am like when I'm not my happy self. I mean, it was probably like 10 days or two weeks. And then we went up to the Northwoods and just went on a, I mean, Gwen was training that whole time, but I think, you know, it was just like event, eventually just time wore on and, and she got over it. But yeah, I mean, there was like a, definitely a week or two weeks that was not a good, <laughs> a, a nice time, you know? So I think it was, uh, yeah, I, I, I would hope that maybe like that's something that, you know, now Gwen in the different part of her career can maybe help some other athletes go through that because it is I can see it being a, a a tough adjustment for Olympic athletes. Well, we are in an Olympic year. Gwen, what would you say to athletes, you know, if we can fast forward a couple months, what would you say to athletes who might then be going through something similar to what you went through? You know, it's a it's a hard time and I, I think it's okay to allow yourself to have um, a little downtime. You, you know, you, a lot of athletes, you put four years and all, all this energy and time into one event and some athletes it can go great. Some, it can go bad and either way you can um, have emotions. And I think, you know, the biggest thing is just knowing that you're not alone. You know, I, I feel like I did a really good job after the 2016 games being not going through that, but <laughs> well, <laughs> It was a good it's year. A little bit. <laughs> it's a little bit. But, um, you know, I think it's just like it's helpful knowing that other people go through it and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times just getting back in a routine, a lot of times after the Olympics, you've had a four year routine and now you're like, OK, now what? do I want to do this routine again? Do I want to same coach? Do I want to stop sport? And I think for me, you know, a lot of it is just a lot of what stresses me out is having unknowns and not having plans and not knowing what I want to do. And so I think just, you know, giving yourself time and, and realizing that, um, there's other people, um, can be helpful. Yeah. I really think of it almost, I, when I just see Gwen go through it, it's like a reflecting on a leaving high school or leaving college type of thing where you just like it, the four years getting ready for it seemed like it took forever, went by so quick. And then you go, Holy smokes. Like, do I want to do that again? Or did I, am I disappointed in myself? Cause I didn't give every single thing or did I get super close to a medal and I didn't get it. And I wish I would have been like, I could see the moment where I failed or, you know, just all of those little pieces I think are, um, can prove to be challenging for for some. All right, we're going to take a quick break so I can talk about our sponsor, Generation You Can. There's so much we can't control when we're on the run. And if I've learned anything from talking to so many professional athletes on this show who are competing at the very highest levels, it's that it is super important to control the controllables. So we can't count on picture-perfect weather on race day, but we can do everything possible to make sure our bodies are fueled for maximum potential. Let's take it from Sarah Sellers, the surprise runner-up at the 2018 Boston Marathon. Sarah is a 231 marathoner who relies on UCAN to keep her fueled without having to consume tons of sugar. Here's what she has to say about UCAN. 
With a lot of traditional sports nutrition products, it's easy to consume an insane amount of sugar that you're not even realizing. So I think it's really cool that UCAN is a digestible carbohydrate that keeps your blood sugar at a stable level so that sugar doesn't have to be part of the pre-workout equation. Now, you might wake up on race day and realize it's raining. You can't control that, but you can control what you're putting into your body before, during, and after a run. So why not make sure you're filling it with high quality nutrition sources instead of sugary gels and bars? Give you can a try. Go to generationucan.com and use code on the run to get 20% off your order plus free shipping. If you're new to UCAN, check out the You Can Run Starter Pack. Go to generationucan.com slash on the run 50 for 50% off starter packs. And yeah, free shipping there too. That's generationucan.com slash on the run 50. Now let's get back to Pat and Gwen. Who was, I know we joke that you're never fully ready to have kids, but between the two of you, was one of you the one that said like, hey, I'm ready to start a family? What did that conversation look like for the two of you? (laughs) We were both, we were both heavily on board for that. But I think I was more of a planner. Like I, I, I definitely was like, you have to like, when our relationship got more serious, I, I definitely was setting timelines as like, we have to be married by the time we're at the Olympics because after the Olympics, I'm going to have kids. Like I just said that from like day one dating Pat basically. Um, and then once the time came, I asked him about it as well, like what his thoughts were and he was on board. So, yeah, I mean, there was a component too where, you know, I think even in 2016, in like January of 2016, I think Gwen was still thinking that she was going to be done with sport. You know, there was that whole quad yeah. from between London and Rio. Gwen was like, I'm going to go to 2016 and then be done. And so, you know, that was, that was like, I always joke now when I tell people, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't bother planning. Cause like, I shouldn't think Gwen was <laughs> going to be competing much less alone trying to compete in running, you know, like all of these things that we couldn't plan for. So we were definitely both on board with trying to have a child. And then after that, like it just, everything just went crazy. So. All right. Talk about what went crazy. Well, Gwen switched. I mean, Gwen left at the peak of her career in triathlon and wanted to, all of a sudden we were like, You know, well, no, I mean, it was, it was, it was, uh, the year before the Olympics and I, Gwen and I were looking at buying bike shops because (laughs) she thought she was going to be done, you know? So like we, we left for Australia and I like planning on buying a bike shop and that was what we were going to be doing. And then we came back, Gwen ran New York city marathon. And then, uh, you know, she was, I don't know, she was pregnant a week. I don't know. She was probably pregnant at the marathon, and then, you know, all of a sudden then we had time and space to kind of think about everything. And then we were like, okay, well, we're going to go check out what's going on in Portland. And then, you know, all of a sudden Gwen's like, well, I want to be done with triathlon. And now I want to explore my potential ex- in running, explore my potential in running. So, you know, then Gwen did a year in running, it took a year. Well, we're in the, we're at the, hopefully the end of a 17 month hiatus due to injury and then you know we're gonna fire the whole thing up again so yeah this quad has been very different than <laughs> the last one. i think it's been far i mean 
far more enjoyable in like the fulfillment side of our life, our relationship side of our life, the Stanley part of our life. I think when I look at the last three years compared to the stress around being the favorite going into an Olympic Games, um, I have a lot less gray hairs this quad than I did the last. <laughs> I mean, yeah, last year was pretty tough being injured, but yeah. you know, it's just, yeah, you're go- going in this year to an Olympic year and you know, last quad, it was just do what you do every day. And this, this year it's all right. I got to prove myself. Like, let's go out there. Let's do it. So, yeah. So talk to me about how your relationship has changed the most profoundly or in the biggest, most obvious ways since having Stanley. I remember pre-Stanley, Pat would always be like, you don't know what it's going to be like having a kid. You're not going to be able to handle it. Cause I, if anybody like knows us, we were attached to like, I literally was with Pat 23 hours a day. Um, the previous four years, like leading into 2016 before we had Stanley and Pat's like, it's going to change when we have a kid. Like, are you ready for this? And I kept remember he kept saying that. And I told him I was, and I think a lot has changed. Like, you know, we have a child and Pat actually has, a side job right now. And, um, he's somehow able to manage, um, being a stay at home dad, having a job and still cooking for me and doing everything for me. I've just given up cycling is essentially (laughs) what's happened. So that was where that, that was where that time went. Yeah. Well, talk to me about that though. When something has to give, right. I think that's a big lesson that we learn once we become parents is it's like, Oh wow. Like we really can't do it all. So when something has to give, what was the decision that cycling was going to be the thing that was going to give for you? And your naps. You gave up I gave naps. up my naps. <laughs> yeah, so, so, uh, people are going to have no mercy if they hear that. I just – look, I just think I, – I think what happened was the Stanley gave, you know, for sure me just a ton of perspective and like, you know, the, the hardships that Gwen went through from being injured last year – that made it so much easier for me to handle it. I'm, ass- I'm assuming for Gwen, because like, if you just see Stanley having a ball every single day, being with his parents, like that's, that's time that we can't take for granted. So that's something that I look back, reflect back on and think how fortunate we were that we got to spend all of that time together with our son, that that's something that I'm really happy about. And then two, I think you just, you just have to make, for me, I just have to make decisions and go, well, look, where's my time best spent? Like I would love to go ride my bike for four hours and explore and get to do a bunch of stuff, but that's being selfish to my time away from Gwen and my time away from my business and my time away from Stanley. So, you know, I get to do that maybe once a week, I get to do a three hour ride and the rest are, you know, if that, I mean, I think it's hard too, cause we live in yeah. Portland, you know, we moved there to train with Jerry and the Bowerman track club and we don't have any family there. So it makes it, it, it that, yeah, that, that, that piece is a little bit difficult, but I think we've done, you know, our families probably come out once a month. Um, somebody's out once a month, which is super helpful. Like that is, yeah. Amazing. We, we actually have Pat's families out here right now, which is why we can do this interview, <laughs> <laughs> which I appreciate. Thank you. Pat's family. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. What is the side job? I don't know about this. Oh, I, I represent a handful of athletes, my wife not included, but, um, yeah, it's been a fun little adventure for me and it's something that he's super good at it. I'm, 
I'm having a lot of fun with. And I think it's a really nice blend for, you know, Gwen gets to tap into her accounting background and it's just a nice little, I hate to use the word synergy, but it's a really nice synergy because <laughs> Gwen is incredibly detail oriented with the, with the kind of the paperwork side of it. And I'm, I thrive with the, uh, relationship side of it. So yeah, it's fun. And I think, you know, you can, you can probably plan to see the two of us continuing to do that post her career. I love that. And, and the bike shop that you didn't get to open, uh, is that like a long time dream or was that just like a, I guess we'll do this thing next. Like, might we still someday see the like Stanley cycles opening somewhere? <laughs> that's a good, that's a great name. Um, you know, the bike shop thing, I've worked in a bike shop since I was 14 years old. So that was just what that business was, what I knew. And that was just kind of like, but I think then, you know, Pat did a ton of research, reading books and, um, going to different shops and asking I questions. Just, and it yeah. just, I think it just, he, we I really, did not want to be there on Saturday and Sunday was my biggest thing. <laughs> <laughs> you need to just, you need to be there. So yeah, I, I'd love to be, you know, I'd love to have maybe help somebody start a bike shop at some point And obviously you know, Gwen has got history with the sport of cycling and, and I do as well. So it'd be a nice fit, but, um, that's on hold. That's on hold. The bike shop is on hold. <laughs> uh, what would you say right now are the biggest challenges that you face in your relationship? Well, if we're talking real current, what is it? I want to buy that car. <laughs> it's normally, it's like a hot, that's just more like me being, I'm bo like, I don't want to say bored, but I just want to like rent. A, if I was able to rent a car for a month and just kind of keep that rolling, that would get a lot of like bugs out of my system. If I could just get, he doesn't that. have time. I don't know. I'm not going to rent. And it's not a financial yeah. decision. That's smart, but yeah, I yeah. don't know what, like, I'm trying to think like we've been really good lately. I'm trying to think of maybe like, I guess like I disagree with Pat on um, one parenting, two parenting things. And that's probably like, we don't really fight about it though. I just let him do what he wants to do. Like he wants to, I think Stanley should sleep in his own yeah, room in his own that. bed, which he is very capable of doing. Cause I've like, I hate using the word trained, but like, He's accustomed to doing it at nap time because I'm the one that does naps. Um, and Pat just refuses to let Stanley sleep alone at nighttime because he says he needs him. And I want Pat back. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like I guess that's something that we don't fight about because I just he Pat says he's only his little boy once and it's just not worth it to me and to fight over it. But, yeah, that's probably a struggle we have. So are you all three in a room or Gwen, are you alone and Pat and Stanley are together? So like Gwen, Gwen, yeah. And Gwen wants to make it seem like she wants me back, but she loves <laughs> having the bedroom to herself. I do. So I do. I, no. I sleep very well. No, I, but sleep, yeah. there, I mean, I, I think, you know, we slept, um, when Stanley was a baby and about a year in, I said, all right, it's time for him to get out. Like I need a, I need my sleep. It's a priority with training and, um, that's when Pat kind of took over the nighttime shift stuff. That's also when I stopped breastfeeding. So he could yeah. take over the nighttime stuff. And, um, Pat's way of taking over was to just move into a different bedroom <laughs> with Stan. <laughs> yeah. And it's just kept that. It's kind of cute. Uh, you said there were two parenting things. That's one of them. Can you share what the other one is? It's something about Stanley. 
I don't think Pat ever disciplines Stanley. And so I just get nervous because Stanley, for instance, will run out our front door without asking, and it's very dangerous, and I think he should have a timeout for that. And I don't think Pat would ever give a timeout. Uh, so that's probably it. Yeah. Mean, we're, we're mean mommy. I can relate to that. My husband is not the disciplinarian. I have to be mean mommy. It sucks. But, you know, someone's got to keep the kids from running into the street. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so I want to talk about some current stuff. Gwen, you announced a few months ago that you are moving to the track, that you have a big goal, Olympic track trials this summer. Can we talk about where that's at? Walk me through training, how we feeling, what's going on? Yeah, so track trials are June, the 10K is June 19th, and then the 5K is like the prelims are a couple days later, and then there's the finals. Um, it's in Eugene, Oregon, which is very close to Portland which would be nice if we weren't doing any altitude training because we could just drive up there, but I'm sure we're going to be doing altitude training leading into that. Um, yeah, I'm at my first altitude camp right now, which normally means I'll be racing soon, which is always exciting and good. And it's it's been really, it, it's been, I think, really positive. Don't you think, Pat? Yeah, yeah. No, um, I, I've been like, there's a big group of us, so there's like 12 women, would you say, about? And so we're all training together. And so to have a big group is something that's, I think I've really been thriving with and, and, and really enjoying. So the last time that you were on the show, Gwen, which was like two years ago, you had just joined Bowerman and it was very new. I remember being like nervous to ask about it. I was like, this is definitely public, right? Um, so it was very new conversation. You were kind of like finding your footing there. Tell me about now, you know, a year and a half later, we'll say, tell me about what that group is like, what training with Jerry is like, and how you've been, you know, fitting in isn't the right word. Talk to me about blending into the group and kind of finding your people. Yeah. um, You know, I think a lot of the group is so welcoming, so encouraging. Um, and I don't think you find that often in a, in a female, I mean, we have males in our group as well, but we, you know, train the female only. I don't think you find that very often. And I think a lot of it is because, of Jerry, um, and now, and now Shalane as a coach and Pascal as well. And they, they just, they give an example. And I feel like all of us just follow that example. Um, and it's been really amazing to just have those teammates and to have people encouraging you. Somebody has a bad day. They're not like giving it to you and said they're encouraging you and they're positive. Um, and then on good days, people are celebrating with you. So having that sort of atmosphere is something that I really wanted. And I just feel really fortunate to, to be in a group that has that. All right. I need to know more about coach Shalane. Talk to us about what it is like training with Shalane Flanagan. What is she like as a coach and how has that been? Yeah, it's been great. You know, Shalane just made the official switch um, a couple months ago and having her there has been just really good. I think a lot of us, um, we we come to her with issues or like, um, let's say like, we get really bad cramps when we're on our period. Like it's just so easy to go to Shalane and to talk to her about that. And Shalane has a lot of wisdom throughout her years. And she has, has a lot of knowledge from just her personal experience. And then as well, she's been learning from Jerry 
um, for quite a few years. So she kind of knows, um, you know, where Jerry's head's at a lot of times. So to have that synergy and to have coaches that are on the same page, Jerry and Shalane, um, it's just been great. Um, you know, our team's growing. So to have somebody else, it's been, it's been really great to have that resource. And do you feel like your relationships with Shalane are different now? Like, did she one day when the shift happened, was it all right, I'm your coach now, everything's different? Or do you feel that you still have the closeness of a teammate just in a slightly different um, manner? What does that look like or feel like for you? Yeah, I think definitely the latter. You know, for instance, um, a week ago, she was up here to for a week coaching us at Altitude. And um, she actually came over to my house and her and... Pat was the little shoe chef. Um, they cooked up a meal for the whole team and we had everyone over and we were just hanging out and, um, yeah, it was all just, I was the head chef. Shalane oh, oh, was so my really? Shalane oh boy. Chef. But we did Shalane's recipe. We did Shalane's recipe. Yeah. 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 Oh boy. Um, <laughs> there were certain, it was a good collaboration. We were, I, I, I think the biggest thing I've noticed with Shalane is, you know, she's very observant and she's highly curious. And I think those are two really good qualities in coaches. Um, so I think while Shalane is new to coaching, uh, you know, her experience as an athlete will, will help accelerate her pathway as a coach. So that's been something that's been fun for me to kind of just sit on the sidelines and, and see how she's uh, welcoming that new job. It's very exciting and it's exciting to get to watch from afar. All right. So as we're talking about it's an Olympic year, the trials coming up this summer, what do you feel right now? What do each of you need to do to see Gwen on the team? Pat, what do you need to do most to support her to get there? Gwen, what do you feel you need to do most in your training leading up to then? And sort of how do you see each of your roles with that as the goal? Sure. I think easy for me. I just keep doing what I've always done. No, I was just going to say, you just need to keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think like, you know, well, I wasn't okay, done. Sorry. I think the biggest thing that Gwen has in her back pocket coming into the trials, even though that she's, you know, the odds are, are not in her favor on paper is that there's, uh, an experience of going to the games twice before understanding how trials works and the stress of that and just realizing that, you know what, coming into it, training at 90% and being awesome at 90% is better than trying to explore and go up to 100%. So I think that, you know, Gwen is now a, a veteran athlete and to, and to have that confidence and go, man, if I just rock up and just keep working on my, on my stuff and being consistent, like that will be enough to look, um, to, to make the team or to, to get a medal. So. And I don't really have anything to add. I mean, Pat just, you know, I think his biggest, like up here at altitude, his biggest thing that he's been doing for me is making lunches to go. So every morning he's making lunches. And as soon as I'm done with my morning run, instead of waiting an hour to drive up the mountain, and eat, I eat right away. And I feel like that's been huge in my recovery. But I think the biggest thing I need to do is, I mean, Pat said it is just be consistent. We just need to have consistency. Very exciting. All right. I have loved this. I'm not letting you go just yet. But if we can, can we do a little sprint to the finish here? Let's do it. I'm going to win. No, that, okay, sorry. <laughs> Going back to the competitive thing. There's two things that Gwen and I, well, there's one thing that Gwen and I always say we're going to do that we haven't. And that's a hundred meter, meter dash. And that's 
we've always we, I mean, this is going on eight years now. We wanted <laughs> to do this hundred meter dash. So maybe after this Olympic cycle, Gwen and I will line up and do a hundred meter dash because I'm, we both think we're gonna win. We both think we're gonna win. Wait, but I'm gonna win. I love this idea, and I feel like this can be a whole big thing. I feel like we can use the YouTube channel. We can get, like, Stanley's going to hold the finish tape for sure. Well, I guess track, yeah. Um, okay, this is going to be a thing. I'm ready when you guys are to to do that. But for now, before the 100-meter dash, before the Olympics, we're this is going to be, like, easy compared to all of that. So first question, Gwen what is the last thing that you got mad at Pat for? Wanting to buy a car. <laughs> oh, wait. Can we go back to that? So the car situation, is this like a fast little car that you want to tool around town in and like drive really fast? Or you want like a fixer-upper? No, it depends every, on the Every car we see. Yeah. Every car we oh. see goes, I want that car. That's a, And it could be – I mean this could be a 1986 Honda Civic that just looks like it's in mint condition – you know, or it could be a more, you know, luxury sports car or something. I, I've i got a very wide range of what I'm interested in for vehicles. But I pride myself on we're a one family. I, I do. I know. I know it's very I know. green to only have one car, I agree, saving I agree. the environment and money. That's a, yeah. What, so, if, anyway. yeah. what if instead of a car, you just got one of those like Surrey bicycles that they ride on boardwalks in Atlantic City, and you could have like the little sidecar for Stanley. Yeah, that will not work for me. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Pat. What is the last thing that you got mad at Gwen for? I I can tell by your face that it's something I don't know. I don't know what it is. Oh. No, I mean I sometimes I just get annoyed waiting for uh, or just. You probably get annoyed when I like don't put my laundry in the right spot or something yeah. or having to clean my laundry pre-wash. <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't have a great, I don't have a great answer. Yeah. You got them. mad at me the other day when you had to wait for me. Gwen, stop offering up though, answers at when I was getting my bloods done. <laughs> <clears throat> I love that. Pat's like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't get mad at yeah. you. <laughs> You're giving him things. It's so funny. <laughs> I mean, I definitely get mad. I just can't. I mean, I always try to just say, well, am I going to remember this a year from now? And the answer is usually no. So that's how I get over it quickly. I love that. All right. Gwen, here's a scenario. You guys are both tired, but you're also very hungry. It's Pat's night off. He's not cooking. So you're in charge. He's like, I don't care what's for dinner, but you know he cares a little. What do you either cook or order that you know will make him happy? mac and cheese but he never has a night off the poor guy <laughs> all right then pat will reverse the scenario you're tired you're hungry i mean this is every day but what's your like surefire go-to gwen's back from a long workout you're tired too you just want it to be easy what are you cooking that you know she'll like stir fry are we gonna see um a pat cookbook someday yeah, we definitely will do a pack cookbook someday. It's we've, I've got like fifty recipes written down somewhere, but it is just a very tedious process that I have tried starting a couple times, and it's just it's it's brutal. 
All right, Gwen, what is a simple thing that makes Pat happy? If I make him coffee. And Pat. Oh, I don't even have to make it. If I just fill up coffee <laughs> that he's made. Yeah. Pat, what is a simple thing that makes Gwen happy? She likes quality time. Yeah. So if I just do like phone free cuddling or something, <laughs> that she's pumped. <laughs> That's your love language. I like it. That's a good one. All right. Gwen, how would you describe your relationship in one word? Loving. And how would you describe Pat in one word? Um, it's hard for me to say it in one word. He, he, he like cares about everyone. Caring. I like that one. Pat. No, that's one. <laughs> Pat, how would you describe your relationship in one word? I think we're a, we're a team. Love it. And how would you describe Gwen in one word? I can tell you want to say something. Um, that's a tough one. I'd I'd say Gwen is more affectionate than you would. Interesting. Most people would uh, and think that she would be. I thought for sure you were going to say stubborn. Well, I mean stubborn, but I think when I, you know, far, far, like I'm thinking more of our relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not stubborn in our relationship. Besides well, needing yeah. it to stick together. <laughs> uh, do you two have any secret pet names or nicknames for each other? I don't really know if I have any from Pat, but Pat calls me like Bear and Tuna and Tuna's from the office. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what I call her, yeah. Wait, so how did it go from an office joke between Jim and Andy to you calling Gwen that? I've it just the seemed same like thing. it fit. I just loved it. I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's a bit of a stretch, but I think, you know, it just seemed like it worked. If it worked for them, it can work for us. All right. <laughs> Gwen, next time I see you in a race, I'm going to scream out, go big tuna. And um, hopefully that'll motivate you. <laughs> you yes. totally should. She'll know. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> um, what moment in each of your partner's careers are you most proud of? Well, I mean, I, I, the, mine is easy. It's the, I'd say it's the Olympics. It's Rio. Just because Gwen was, you know, the favorite and it had been four years of her being very vocal about that goal. So I think that that's something that, you know, and people that could learn from Gwen, myself included, like Gwen was very, very vocal about all of her goals. And I think that that's something, you know, that you could be saying about your podcasts, about the goals that you have. I could be saying more more forward facing goals about my business. And I think that's something that's a lesson that. Uh, all of us could learn from Gwen. So for her to to win on the day she said she wanted to win, that's a moment that I'm I'm very very proud of her for. I don't know what business to talk about. We could talk about caring for me. We could talk about Stanley. We could talk about your agents. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I think like just family wise and like taking care of Stanley and being a stay at home dad. I think it's super hard, and I don't think anyone who's never done it they don't realize how difficult it actually is and um you know pat just through all the phases of stanley's life has been very engaged with with stanley um and and that's something that i think i'm i'm super proud of and probably one of the reasons i married him too but 
then, you know, with his agency business, I think, you no, know, he, he wanted to do this and, um, I've really seen him work super hard and he's super good at it. And, and he also just is doing the things that he doesn't want to do with the business. And I think that's something that, um, is admirable. Do you each remember your first AOL or AIM screen name? Yeah, mine was Gwendolyn. Mine was Patty Cakes with a Z, 66. <laughs> yeah, on, 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 a, on a yeah. SMS yeah. 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 yeah, there we go. Like Nobody, people listening to this might not even know. No, they do. They do. And I like the Z in Patty Cakes. I feel like that's really edgy and I like yes. it. Uh, if you could each, that was critical. Yeah. If you could each take a class in anything right now, what would it be? Cooking. Economics. Oh, you would hate that. No, that was statistics. I oh, hated. you're right. Yeah, I love right. economics. Yeah. Okay. Pat, tell me three things you love about Gwen. Oh. Oh. Um. We're getting ready for Valentine's Day. Yeah, Gwen is. Uh, Gwen is super I think like goal driven and that's something that I really like and then you know her and I have a bunch we talked about the same hobbies that we have and Gwen's an awesome awesome mom Gwen three things you love about Pat he's caring he's (laughs) I should have thought of all three yeah because now it sounds like I'm fishing caring loving and intentful love that all right the last <laughs> thing in, intentful maybe it's yeah i don't know intentional intentional there we go there we go <laughs> all right the last thing i need from each of you is to give everyone listening a reason to run today i would say to surprise yourself i would say to you know Go a little bit harder than you thought you could, but I think uh, I hate running, but I always am happy when I'm done with it. I think you should do it. Well, these are going to be to opposite opposite reasons, but if you're solo, to go out and have a little alone time and um, think to yourself, and if you have buddies, to so just go out and to have a social hour. I love it, and I love both of you. I've loved getting to know you better as a couple tonight. It's been such a treat, and... Keep doing what you're doing. Cannot wait to see where 2020 takes you both, your family, Stanley, and keep sharing it with the world because we love following along. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you so much for being here on day four of Love on the Run Week on the Alley on the Run show. You know what that means. Tomorrow's day five, Valentine's Day, my favorite holiday. I just love Valentine's Day because why not celebrate love? It doesn't have to be romantic love. Love in all kinds. Love that makes the world go round. Love is all you need. Oh, love is all that I can give to you. How much can I sing here before people just hit stop or pause or unsubscribe? Uh, No, I know I sound ridiculous, but I just think that our world is a crazy, scary place. Why not fill it with as much good, groovy, cheesy love as possible? So we've heard from the Lears, the Lindens, the Bruces, the Jorgensen Lemieux team. Tomorrow we wrap things up. We've got Adam and Kara Goucher coming to the show and I cannot wait. 
Before then, before I go, I want to give a big thank you to Generation You Can for making this series possible. Go to generationyoucan.com and use code ONTHERUN for 20% off your order and free shipping. Remember, if you're trying You Can for the first time, you can go directly to generationyoucan.com slash ONTHERUN50. You'll save 50% and get free shipping on the You Can Run starter pack. Now, you know what I'm going to say. Give love, share love, spread love. And thanks for joining me on the run.